This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. We are so excited to not only be with you, but be in the studio. And it, it really just boils down to this, that we have Vinny back. And so we spent um, five shows doing radio without him, and now he's back in the studio. So, Vinny, good to have you back with us. Still going to be back. Sorry, we're lost. Last week. We were, yeah, we're something. Completely lost. Maybe. We, um, we wondered if we just needed to get rid of those five shows completely. Oh, my just, goodness. Just cut them out of the, the podcast and, and well, put a, or put a disclaimer at the beginning, listen at your own risk, because Vinny's not with us. But we went the, ahead with it's it. It's part of the underground episode collection yes yeah, yes yeah. yes is that a secret you contribute menu. Like 50 dollars, you get all this stuff that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for 49.99 well we have been tackling what really came out of a book called the 50 most important bible questions we are wondering if you know about the word most in that title but it has generated for us questions and some of them we have ignored from the book some of we modified from the book but it has allowed us to have hopefully fruitful conversations on air that have benefited you and today we're we're dealing with really this question of as new testament christians how are we to think about how are we to view the jewish people and the question from the book is Are the Jewish people still God's chosen people? And then the follow-up to that was, do Jewish people and Christians worship the same God? So those are the two questions from the book, and we're just going to work around what is the relationship between the Jews and the Christians of the New Testament era. I think everybody needs to know that the only person with the book is Russ. And so all the answers that they get are not from the book. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to admit that the only thing I've done with the book is looked at the questions. So I, it wasn't necessarily from a perspective that I thought I would agree with the author on. Um, so I didn't really read the book for the, the answers. I really just have used the book mm-hmm. for the questions. So Maybe after we're done, uh, I'll go back and read the book and, and realize, <laughs> oh, that's what we should have said. But <laughs> it's we like were wrong. The, it's like putting the TV stand together and then going back and look at the instructions. Yeah. After you oh. put the TV on, it crashes yeah. to the ground. So the question's still out there. Are, are, <laughs> how are we to relate um, as New Testament Christians to the Jewish people? Are, are we on the same team? Are the Jewish people still God's chosen people? Because I think we all agree that they were God's chosen people in the Old Testament. So what, what, how, what has changed Well, there's one people of God, Old and New Testament. There's just one people of God. And, uh, you know, the Deuteronomy 6-4, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. I mean, the monotheism of of Jewish belief 
is still the monotheism of Christian belief. We believe in one God. So the, the God of the Old Covenant is the same God that we worship today. You know, there was a national component to the uh, people of Israel as well. They were a nation. And in that respect, uh, you know, some of the, I would say, we can't equate the same things, a, a nation and a people. But there, but but there were. But in the Old and, Testament, that would have been called a theocracy, <clears throat> where <throat> God is was the the ruler, the king of of the nation of Israel, and so there was no demarcation between the country, the national aspect of the Jews and their religious life. They were intertwined. They were one. Mm-hmm. We do not have theocracies today. The, the promise made to, to Abraham is the same promise given to us. I will be your God and you will be my people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, the, it's, you know, the, the blessings that God had given Abraham, you know, I will bless you and make your name great and you will be a blessing. Those who bless you and I will bless those who bless you and dishonor those who dishonor you. In you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. That was, that was a promise of a Messiah that came. Jesus was a Jew. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, you know, in Romans 9, uh, Paul's talking about how not all Israel is Israel, mm-hmm. saying that, uh, you know, God's people, as Jonathan is saying, I mean, it's we are all God's people. He's brought people in from every nation, tribe, and tongue. We are there. He doesn't have two groups of people. And we see that pointed to even as we read through the Old Testament, because I think we get this idea or we come up with this idea that somehow the nation of Israel even was ethnically pure, that it was just this little, you know, bubble or shell that just went through time. But throughout its history, the people of God have never been ethnically pure. We have Judah and uh, his daughter-in-law, Tamar, you know, going outside that covenant household, but yet the line of Messiah is preserved. We have Ruth and and, uh, the Moabitess. We have Rahab, uh, the prostitute from Jericho. Uh, We have Bathsheba. Um, You look at David's mighty men that are listed. I mean, they're not all Jews. You know, they're um, from other nations as well. And even the Exodus, you know, we're told that, a lot of Egyptians went with the a Israelites. Mixed, a mixed, a mixed multitude. multitude went out of out of Egypt, and that was the people of God mm-hmm. that progressed forward. Yeah, I think the mark of the people the mark of the people of God has always been believe in, belief in the redemption promise of God. Mm-hmm. So the Old Testament people looked forward to it. The people in the New Testament looked at Jesus as it, and then the people throughout history from that point forward have looked back toward it. That's the continuity in terms of who is the people of God, which is what we're really asking: who are God's chosen people? all those who have put their faith in the promise of redemption through the ministry of the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Galatians 3 says, Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. So the question, do we, do the Jewish people and Christians worship the same God? The answer is, maybe. If the Jewish people do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, if they are not looking towards him for their hope for eternal life, then no, we actually absolutely do not worship the same God. If they do, then yes, we do. So there were Jewish people in the Old Testament that did not worship the same God as their Jewish counterpart that was two-tenths over. They both had a religion that was the same, 
to worship the true God, you have to worship through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the, I would say the same answer is, is for today, that there are people within my own church that don't necessarily, quote, worship the same God, because there are those that have not that don't believe in Jesus Christ as the only way of salvation, that generally they have a belief in, in the same God, but God has said, I can only be worshipped through my son. And so that really, and that's, that's what Vinny was saying, the, the key component is what, what are you doing with Jesus Christ? And so we can't say that Israel as a nation today are, are God's chosen people in the same way that we can say that God's church is his chosen people. Mm-hmm. Those are two different categories. But there are those within the Jewish nation that are his people. Mm-hmm. And I read Romans 9, 10, and 11 to say that I think God is going to do a mighty work yeah. and is doing. I, I would say it's not future only. Yeah. It's present that God is doing a work in his and. There are Jewish Christians. Yes, and, and he is grafting back in the Jewish people into the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he would. And I think it's important that, like what you just said, it doesn't mean that there is still this national covenant with the nation itself mm-hmm. of the Israelite nation. And I think the clear declaration of that is God's destruction of the temple. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the place where he had chosen his name to dwell, where his people would come and worship him. And in 70 AD, not a stone was left as Jesus prophesied. And that is really the declaration that, I mean, that that's no longer applicable. And, and it's not going to be rebuilt. And Paul and Paul would have said in Romans, even before 70 AD, a partial hardening has come upon Israel until mm-hmm. the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. Um, there is a, there's a sense in which, um, you know, the, we, we do see, I can remember years ago reading a book of uh, all these Jewish believers, you know, Sholem Ash, uh, you know, was one. Uh, I'm, I brain is starting to fog up, but you know, you have a, you have a number of uh, Jewish believers who have believed in the Messiah. Mm-hmm. I went, I spent two months in Israel with a group called Jews for Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, people have who have found the Messiah. The saddest part about being in Israel at that time was seeing in the shop window a sign that said, "We want Messiah now," and realizing the Messiah has come. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I actually maybe you guys disagree with this. I actually think Jesus was was saying some of these same things in John four when he's talking to, to the woman at the well and and mm. basically saying it's not about a location, mm-hmm. it's even not about an ethnic background. God is is seeking worshipers that will worship in spirit and in truth. He's able to make sons of Abraham out of the stones. Yes, his mm-hmm. desires. And really, I think what the Book of Acts is saying is God is is blowing the doors of the of the church open to those from all nations and bringing them in. And that's not at the exclusion of of the Jews, but Romans nine, ten, and eleven would say that there is this hardening that's occurring. That as the Jews have rejected Jesus Christ, which they did. That is going to be how God grafts in the Gentiles into his church. Well, you have to realize Pentecost, uh, Peter preaching there at that point, 
the people he was preaching to were Jews mm-hmm. that had come from every nation. They, yeah. It wasn't just <clears throat> nations coming. It was, it was the Jewish people coming who recognized that the Messiah had come. And then they went out and filtered that message through the other nations. In Isaiah 49.6, prophecy of the coming servant, uh, God says, Indeed, he says, it is, it is too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones of Israel. I will also give you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. That's been the plan from the very beginning. Right. I mean, God working through this particular family, household, then into a nation. But the plan has always been all the ends of the earth will be his people. I think the Apostle Paul's ministry in the book of Acts outlays kind of a format for us to think about our relationship to Jewish people in mm-hmm. terms of Paul's was committed to praying for and presenting Christ to Jews. Mm-hmm. And that was his pattern. He'd arrive in a new city. He'd go immediately to the synagogue or wherever there were Jews gathered for worship, present Christ. If some received him, they would continue on with him. If he was rejected, then he would move on to the Gentiles. And so mm-hmm. in terms of our relationship as Christians, praying for and presenting Christ to Jewish people is the pattern of ministry we can have. And we, and we should really be praying fervently for that because, I mean, they do, in a sense, hold a privileged position in the sense that it, they're the chosen means through which, not in and of themselves, but they're the chosen means through which we have the scriptures and we have God's revelation. And that we have the Messiah. To have the Messiah. Yeah, yeah, but Jesus Christ came, as Jonathan said earlier, Jesus was a Jew. Yeah. And he was a fulfillment of all that was promised that God would do in and through his people, the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. Well, you have been listening to the Gospel for Life. Actually, our conference coming up on the Covenant on September 22nd and 23rd will actually touch on some of these themes and ideas and concepts and provide even greater clarity. So if you have not registered, go to ReformationBoise.com and secure your spot for September 22nd and 23rd. And we'll see you tomorrow.